That was absolutely an appropriate song for the setting going into this lesson. We are, although we've moved into another quarter, today we're finishing up the final lesson in our winter quarter. And Atala, the, the subject of that quarter was preparation of Jesus's disciples. And the lesson that we're having today is the very last lesson, going deeper with Jesus. That song absolutely was appropriate. So to get into our lesson, a subject of our lesson today is a display of divine glory. Our lesson text comes from the book of John, chapter 11, verses 33 through 44. And we have some related scriptures that we can also check out. That's John 17, verses 1 through 5, and Matthew 11, 25 through 30. Time of this lesson is AD 30, and the place is from Bethany. Our golden text reads, Jesus said unto her, Say I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. And that's taken from uh, chapter 11, verse 40. So as a super turner, I'm going to ask Sister Clora, I think that she's on the line, if she would read our introduction for us. If that's a problem, let me know and I will continue. Sister Clara? Good morning, no ma'am, that's not a problem. Thank you. Mm -hmm. One of the things we notice about Jesus's ministry is the repeated reference to his compassion for needy people. We read that when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Matthew 9, 35 through 36. Right after the beheading of John the Baptist, Jesus tried to get some private time in the desert away from everyone, but the crowds followed him. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them. And he healed their sick, Matthew 14 and 14. That evening, after teaching them the rest of the day, he fed over 5,000 people because they otherwise would have had great difficulty finding food in such a remote location. If Jesus's time with Martha and Mary shows nothing else, it shows his compassion for them. The Greeks and the Romans worshiped gods that were subject to fickle and capricious moods, but Jesus consistently manifested deep compassion, gentleness, and kindness. Right, all right. Thanks, Sister. All right, praise the Lord, thanks. Uh, got you back now, Sister Radcliffe. <laughs> all right. Um, as always, I'm gonna ask for you all's uh, participation. Uh, it's another exciting lesson. Uh, it's another uh, lesson, in fact, that shows just the depth of uh, Jesus's emotions. Uh, it shows not only was he um, divine, but he was also human. So it's gonna show all of that and, and even more. And uh, you're right, uh, Sister Radcliffe, that was an appropriate song for uh, the lesson today. 
because he can do all things and he's going to show us that he can do all things. Um, just a review of John, because this is that uh, seventh sign miracle that Jesus uh, performed. We know that the first miracle, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, water into wine. Water, water into wine had uh, basically signified that uh, we must be born again. It shows the importance of that transformation. We must be born again. And then his second one was the healing of the nobleman's son. And that had shown that he had authority and power over sin. Third, he had uh, the third sign uh, miracle was healing of the invalid man, if you recall. And that one showed the power over man's helplessness. The fourth miracle was the feeding of the 5,000. And that shows that he, meaning Jesus, God alone can save us, satisfy us, and sustain us. And then, of course, the fifth miracle was walking on water. And that shows that he had the power over all the elements here in our environment. And then the sixth one is the healing of the blind man, which basically pictures once again the, uh, the new birth our new birth, how we were once blind, but now we see. So now it comes down to the miracle uh, of raising Lazarus from the dead. This is the crown miracle, not to say that all the other ones weren't important, but this one here is like the, the one that everything was building up to. And this was raising Lazarus uh, from the dead. I would also just say what I, what I heard another minister say, and that is, is that um, these sign miracles pointed to something. They pointed to something. When you say a sign miracle, it means that the sign points to something. You don't travel, for example, and then all of a sudden you see the sign to Henry Ford Museum, and then you stop at the sign and you say, we're here. No, it's like you see the sign and the sign is pointing to something. So these miracles were pointing to something and let's see if we can dig deep into this lesson and see exactly what the miracle was pointing to. I'll read uh, the first uh, outline, which is from verse 33 through verse 37. It says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? What was going on here? What was the scene? Can you give me uh, just a bit of the background, if you would? What was going on? Well, 
he says, having seen the miracles that he had already done, and it was pointed out that he had opened the blind, the eyes of the blind. So at this point, they are saying, I, I guess in their mind, it is, if he's all that he say he is, and he has done all these things, surely he could have kept this man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Any other comments? Well, I can start with verse 33. It says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. So we know by previous lessons that Martha came to actually greet Jesus and Martha had an exchange uh, uh, in conversation with him. And uh, in the 24th verse, he came down to a, do you believe? Do you believe who uh, I say I am? And, and, and Jesus ends up telling Martha through that exchange that it's going to be about her believing and her faith through this process because Lazarus is going to be raised. He's going to be raised and, and we'll see that as uh, time goes on. So he now meets Mary. He had sent uh, Martha had went and got Mary and um, Mary ran out there to see him. And all of a sudden, all of the folks that were in the house or wherever Mary was, they followed her as well because they thought that she was just going to the grave to cry some more. And so here she comes and she uh, greets Jesus and Jesus saw her weeping. What is this word weeping about? What kind of weeping was going on here? The expositor pointed out that this was a deep wailing, a loud cry that Mary was doing here. She was really like crying, uh, as some people say, ugly face crying. She was really not holding it back in her grief. But also, there are also some Jews that came with her weeping and crying as well. And Jesus's response to this is kind of interesting. What was his response to all of this crying and grieving that was going on? Anybody? That's just the part, I guess, where it said that Jesus was, he, he was troubled. He was agitated. You know, he was annoyed at this kind of behavior because of their unbelief. Amen. Amen. And he was, uh, go ahead. It was, uh, he was, he was grieving. I mean, the uh, point was uh, the sin problem of everybody. And, uh, <clears throat> And that what death, what sin can bring about in regards to death. And he was, uh, uh, well, we find him later on weeping, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, that's what that was, that murmuring. But uh, for Mary and them, they were, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. agitated. You know, and they was murmuring in regards to what had transpired with Lazarus. So mm -hmm. um, Jesus is there, you know, I guess they can, she can pour it all out. <laughs> so. All right, all right. What a what what an interesting response, though. Uh, any anyone else? Anyone else? 
Well, as you have pointed out earlier about the miracles going through and this being the, the culminating of the miracles that he did, he had proven that he had authority over natural disasters, over sickness, over hunger and all of this, and now over death, but also he's uh, turmoiled, he's emotionally upset at the result of what sin can do and the result of sin is death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and that's exactly what, what's being brought out here as well, is that here's all this wailing and crying as if, you know, as if there's just no hope. Like, it, it's just too late now. Because if you remember, Mary and Martha had the same questions for Jesus right or the same statement for jesus pretty much what what did they say to him when they when they saw him can you remember what i what i got from this is is that um not only mary and martha but also the people who were there weeping and wailing and all that mm -hmm. they, they they knew about what jesus had done in the past in mm -hmm. terms of healing people but in their own minds they had put limitations on Jesus as to how much he could actually do. And they had proposed in their minds that if Jesus had just gotten there just a couple of days sooner, you know, mm -hmm. before he had actually died, he could have intervened and saved this man. But now that he was dead, it was too late. And they did not recognize that Jesus is the resurrection, that he is the life, that he is the life giver, and that not even death itself is too much for him to handle uh and 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 that basically translated into unbelief they they believed up to a certain point but not completely not not fully and they did not fully recognize who jesus was yet even though he had done all these other miracles that were as you said before sign gifts pointing towards who he was they still did not get it uh and and as a result he he he, he was grieved by that because it was like, I mean, my goodness, I mean, what do I have to do in order to share and to show you people who I am? And now you're putting these limitations on me saying that because he's dead, it's too late. And he wanted <laughs> to let them know it's not too late. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because like I said, um, Martha and Mary had the same, uh, same words for him, pretty much. It says, if you had been here, my brother uh, would not have died, right? And, and you're right, Jesus saw all of this carrying on, all this crying and this grief as if, you know, it was too late. And in his mind, you know, no, it wasn't a troubled in the sense that he, uh, you know, felt the pain of the people. Yeah, he did, but it wasn't, this wasn't the emphasis here. It wasn't that he wasn't compassionate. He, he is compassionate. He was compassionate in this, uh, in this scene as well, in this situation as well. But that's not the emphasis. The emphasis here is that here you have the resurrection and the life in the midst of you. You have him right here. You have the problem solver right in the midst of you. And yet what is blinding you to this is, is death and unbelief and sin and all these things are blinding you from the fact that he is right there standing in the midst of your situation. He's right there 
to answer your needs. He's right there to solve the problem, but yet you can't see it. It frankly was frustrating. It was irritating. It was agitating and it was troubling. You know, troubling is a nice word here. When one writer said to say that Jesus was groaning and that he was troubled, that's, this is just the Western way of, of putting it nicely. He was agitated. He just was, was, was angered by the fact that, 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 that sin and unbelief had caused folks to, to drift to this point where they couldn't see the solution right in front of their face. Amen. And it goes on to say that, and he said to them, where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. So when you see Jesus wept in verse 35, how does this differ from Mary and the others weeping. Can you all remember how the expositor pointed that out? Yeah, I was saying earlier that um, because he was looking at uh, uh, their sin and uh, uh, really too, uh, that they were just soon to forget uh, the miracle of uh, the man born blind and the feeding of the 5,000. And this event here is like a matter of a few days before Jesus himself is going to be crucified. But he was looking at the sin problem here and how uh, uh, detestable it was. You know, Satan is the, the king of terror as far as death is concerned. And uh, uh, but it was an unbelief thing here that Jesus was looking at in regards to sin. The sin of unbelief is what's the problem why he wept. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, and because of the consequences on that sin in the lives of the people that he loved, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, what that sin had done to them. Yes, yes. And it said, and it said Jesus wept. And he didn't, he didn't like cry and, 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 and carry on like, like Mary and the others, but it was almost like a silent weeping here. At the groaning, if you go back to the word groan, you know, some, sometimes you, you have such a deep feeling that you can't put it in words that you just make a sound. And that's the depth of what he was feeling. And yes, those tears um, did flow. But uh, as I stated, it wasn't this exaggerated type of uh, thing. It was more like a silent weeping. However, it was interpreted one way by uh, others. And they interpreted in, in verse 36, they interpreted how, what they say. That Jesus was mourning the death of a good thought, man, right? They thought that, uh, uh, that it was because he really, really, truly loved this man. And he was uh, sharing with the, the whole crowd uh, the the extent and to the level of of love that he had for him, uh, which may have been misconstrued also uh, when we look at why people cry, why they weep at times. And a lot of times 
when we weep is because something has happened that is beyond our control. Something mm -hmm. has happened that we cannot change. Uh, something has happened that we wish had not happened. So we might weep. But all of those are the wrong reasons to think that that was why Jesus was, was crying, which him being all powerful, him having power over life and death excludes all of that as possibilities as to why he was weeping. Uh, mm -hmm. So yes, he did love him. Uh, and, and he showed that love because before that he had this relationship, not only with Lazarus, but also with his sisters as well. And it wasn't just a casual acquaintance as we found out uh, previously in our, our, our uh, lesson, but he was not weeping because it was something that was beyond his control. And it was not because he felt like he had let the family down because he didn't get there sooner. It wasn't because if he had been able to physically get there sooner or whatever, he could have stopped this. It wasn't any of that. But again, it was him showing his humanity, him showing his love towards this man, uh, Lazarus, but also incorporating with that this whole idea of this is the consequence of sin, and this is the reason why I was born into the world to take the sins of the world away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was looking at the consequences as well. Uh, go ahead, whoever that is. Hi there. Uh, this is Tim. Uh, can I say something? Um, uh, um, my my perspective I wanted to put in, and I think you all appreciate it, is uh, with, with respect to um, uh, what uh, Elder Seawright talks about relationships. Um, you know, he's in relationship with his disciples and then to, to show his power, he comes and then sees Lazarus and he's dead. And what I want to bring to your attention is um, the, the idea of, of Lazarus being his body that's in the tomb and not, no distinction or differentiation between Lazarus, his dead body and who he is. In fact, in verse 34, it says, where have you put him? And um, so when this death, this death, which it, he's, he's totally dead now, you know. Hmm. We lost you. We, we lost you, brother. But if you come back, you can definitely finish. <laughs> yeah, well, what I was going to say, too, can you hear me? I can hear you. But yeah. sorry, it's I, I have to figure oh. out our internet connection. I think this happened with Michael too. We're, 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 sorry guys, I'll just say again, I'll say summarize the ideas on the relationship with him, which is not differentiated from his body. And when he dies, you lose that relationship. So there isn't a duality of, oh, you know, Lazarus, you know, we still have a relationship with him. I mean, death is real. It's a, it's a loss of the relationship with that person. And he doesn't refer to him in two different states. He says, where have you put him, referring to his body? And then Martha is, you know, mourning over him and Mary's mourning over him. He is decaying. So I just want to emphasize the, uh, the unity of the person with their body and that identity and, and, the, and how that death destroys that relationship. That was, that was my comment. Good, good. And uh, um, two, I know Jews brought it out in regards to Jesus' deity. He was God, but then he was human too. And that human side came out here uh, in, in regards to his emotions, though he loved uh, Martha and Mary and, and Lazarus and, and they were close to him, that, that relationship was tight. And mm -hmm. for him to look at the consequences of what caused the death and he knew it was sin and he was grieving over that. 
you know, and it was said in an expositor, he said he remarkably sensitive side of Jesus' character is often neglected. Observing his sorrow, the Jews were amazed at the depth of his personal grief over Lazarus, even though one of his, who is, is, is the resurrection and the life broke down emotion to mm -hmm. grieve over the loss of his dear friends, since God takes no pleasure in even the death of the wicked. So uh, we're looking at uh, God there, you know, Jesus being God, man. Uh, naturally, he's he, he he's in a relationship. God, he had to come in human form to to uh, in regards to who we are to to uh, kind of blend with us, you know. And and we see this in regards to his emotion and everything about what a man is. He was displaying not everything, but this part of who we are. We grieve, we sorrow, we cry. What well, is Jesus doing the same thing? But at the same time, he's God. Amen. 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 Good comments, good comments, yeah. And 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 it's interesting here because you know we were we're on this road to seeing it build up to something here. And and if you notice, um, the disciples weren't mentioned in this passage, but yet this was in preparation in, in their right. This was preparing them for life after him down here so to speak, in his presence, I'm saying. So, so the disciples were being prepared and they were checking this scene out and they were watching all of this uh, transpire. The interesting thing is that the good, there were, were like two groups of folks, right? And if you wanna say uh, good and, and not so good, the, the ones that were kind of good had looked at it as Jesus was mourning the the uh, passage of a friend that boy you know boy he was close to Lazarus and, and boy that was a friend of his look at him crying oh man he's crying for his friend that that was the kind of good part but then in the 37th verse you have those who interpreted a bit different because they said and some of them said could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died See, you, you had your critics, you know, you had your critics in the crowd too. They, they saw what Jesus had done in the uh, previous uh, chapters where he had opened the, the, the eyes of the blind and, and that miracle was going around. Everybody was talking about that miracle. And, and, and they were pretty much saying, oh man, now here's a situation where he, you know, it was beyond his, uh, his, his power here. And now let's, let's, yeah, he couldn't do anything here. Now, you know, he couldn't prevent his friend from dying and, and he's troubled now. Look at him crying. He's crying because his back is against the wall. He's crying because he doesn't have an out in this. I wonder what he's gonna do. He's crying because he's panicking right now, probably. So, hmm, you know, let's see what he's gonna do right here. So you you have these this, this crowd of folks that, that believe but they're wavering. Then you have the critics in there too. You may even have some of the, remember he was in uh, the Jerusalem area. So you may have had flat out enemies in the midst too. And they were wanting to see what he was going to do now. But I have a question for you all. And I'm going to go, I'm going somewhere with this and I hope folks will participate. But I'm going to ask this, that down here, you, I know that most folks have traveled 
and they've seen like these scenes that were like just awe-inspiring. And I was wondering if you ever, ever seen a scene like that that inspired you? Can, can someone share uh, uh, something that they may have viewed? Like for example, I saw Niagara Falls and I tell you seeing all that water rush across the cliff and go down and, and it was an amazing sight to just see that. And I was just wondering if anybody else can, maybe someone has seen, I don't know, the Grand Canyon or something like that. Can anybody give me some inspiring scenes they may have saw? Yes, Pastor, um, you mentioned it, the Grand Canyon from uh, about 15 minutes before sunrise till an hour after sunrise. Mm. One, one, one of the most gorgeous experiences I've ever had in my life. Wow, wow. Amen. Any, anyone else? For me, it's not necessarily things like that, but when I'm traveling and when I'm in an airplane, especially a day where the sun is out and the clouds are blue, and when you're so above everything and then you see all these puffy clouds just floating around <laughs> you, you know, how can yeah. one see that and not say, what an awesome God we serve. Wow. Wow. One day I yes. Was, and oh, go ahead. Okay. One day I was walking the trail and it was a cloudy day, a very, very cloudy day. And I happened, I, I, I looked up. And there was in all this grayness, there was like a patch of blue. And in my mind, I'm like, but God, you know, there is a patch of blue. So it really doesn't have to be anything as amazing as the Grand Canyon. I mean, we can see God's presence and his awesomeness in everywhere we look. Amen. And I'm and I'm not putting any qualifiers on it. I just want to know what it like a, an amazing or inspiring scene you guys have uh, may have witnessed. And, and I would like to hear some more because like I said, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay, uh, I know with me on the road truck, what really takes my breath is after the rain, the sun, the rainbows, especially when it's double rainbow, I tell you something that's just gorgeous. And then even out with the Grand Canyon, we had a chance uh, the how the river runs through the middle there you look down and and how the sun reflects off the rocks especially in the morning if you see it how this how it comes up it just it, it's so much uh you can see his glory uh, all over the place Man. Uh, uh, that is sister mckelly here the um beauty in birds and how the Lord intricately makes um, the colors so bold, like a peacock. I'm a bird watcher. My grandmother was a bird watcher. And um, I love the fact that when you look at that, a man can, he can try to recreate it in a drawing or something like that. But when I see that peacock, he's just so bold and so proud and so cocky. And he just puts those feathers out like that. It is amazing to me. And I could just see the uh, magnificence of God in that. Yeah, I, I had, um, went on top of Old Smoky, the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And the highest peak of the Smoky Mountains, you can stand there and you can look out. Mm 
and you can see the vast area of uh, the cities and this and that, you know, on a clear day. Man, that was, we up about a mile and a half, up on, on, but we're not in no plane. We're on a mountain looking out into the, the countryside all the way around. I mean, you can see for miles. And that mm-hmm. was like, uh, that was scenic to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Is, and similar to Elder Miguel, we... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, mine would be when I visited Africa, um, just be able to at night go out and see the stars. You can reach up and like you can actually touch the stars. And that's when it was, you know, just very beautiful. And it just felt like God's presence was just right there in the midst of us. And it's just it was just gorgeous because you could actually see and feel like you can actually reach up and touch the stars. So that was mine. Mm, man. Yeah, and I was going to say similar to Elder Miguel, we whenever I'm on top of a mountain like Stone Mountain uh, in Georgia or uh, the mountains in, in Los Angeles, how uh, you can just look over and see the entire uh, city uh, mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. And, and, and this, this, question was a bit of a a bit of a uh, uh an experiment it's and, and it's interesting because because uh uh and it, and, and matter of fact it's, it's true to what i thought it would be that folks were going to tie that experience in to their faith and they saw how through the eyes of faith it makes you look at something different a man that's not saved and a man that is saved, they can stand at the Grand Canyon at the same time and 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 see something inspiring and be inspired different ways. Mm. One could be inspired and just say, wow, you know, look at the dips and the curves and the depths and everything else. And then the other man is standing and say, look at God, look at God. And, and they would just glorify God and magnify God even more and more, and this is what this scene here is going to do. It's going to it's going to show God, and because God is going to show up, but He's also going to show out here, and He's going to show out in a way that everyone didn't expect uh, to see. And it goes to say that Jesus, therefore, again mourning in Himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And I'll read on. It says, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. These two verses are are interesting here. They're interesting uh, for a few reasons. One is we still see that Jesus was still in the same state. He was still groaning here. Because he saw the the what unbelief and sin and everything else, that, how it disconnected folks from from seeing who he really is, or disconnected folks from the reality of who he, of who he is and who he was, and and it's interesting too because they saw he saw that stone there, and that stone is almost like symbolic, because it was like something that was blocking the path uh, or the, the sight of folks, but yet the stone here 
was also uh, covering the cave so that Lazarus could come out. We see the purpose of the stone, and I'm just going over things quickly, being conscious of time. We're seeing that the purpose of the stone was to make sure that animals weren't going to get in there and, 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 and just eat away at the dead bodies or the corpse. It was protecting them from that as well. And of course, Jesus could have simply just melted that stone away. He could have right. crumbled the stone, but he didn't. He gave his, his first commandment here. He gave three commandments in this scripture passage. The first one was take away the stone. He said, take away the stone. And, and, and who did the expositors say more than likely uh, uh, who, who moved this stone? The, the people in the crowd. Yep, some said the people in the crowd. Others, others say who else? Disciples. Some folks say the disciples, right? And what did others say? And this, that was the most interesting one. Said that more, he said that it also could have been the critics. <laughs> it could have been the ones that, that the very ones that were criticizing Jesus, they could have went up there and said, ooh, I gotta see this. Yeah, let's hurry up and go. Move the stone. I, I, yeah, I got to see him fall flat on his face here. Let's go mm -hmm. and move the stone, you know. And they ran up there to move the stone because they, you know, like I said, it was unbelief. It was blindness on their part. They were happy to, yeah, remove the stone. Yeah, okay, you know, because we think you're crying because you can't do it and you're panicking right now, right? Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden, Martha comes and Martha says, "What?" Mar Martha was never one that was a loss for words, right? <laughs> she expressed her opinion. This sister expressed her opinion and then she had an opinion here. And what was her opinion here? Uh, by this time. Yeah, he'd been dead four days. Yeah, yeah been, his, his body stinked. Yeah, let me, Jesus, let, let me tell you because you might need some help here. You might not know, like, I believe in you. And I even said, you know, previously in this this chapter that you know i believe you're the christ but let me you know let me explain the situation to you just a little more because you may have missed this detail jesus uh he stinks by now he's been dead four days and i just wanted to bring that to your attention that he stinketh by now okay you may not know that and, and we got our slick little ways of informing god as well right you know we we believe in him and, and we know that he's uh all-knowing and everything else but 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 at times we we are in situations where we 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 just say lord uh you know you you see that don't you 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 see that right lord you, you, lord i might need to ask my mama about this because um that don't look too right there <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And we 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 think it we think it that he needs some assistance here. Maybe he doesn't know all the angles, or maybe we need to look another mm -hmm. direction because he doesn't know it all. But in the in, in the reality of it all is that while Martha was doing that, she was she was doing what? Wasn't she kind of slowing down the process? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Jason right. wanted to do it immediately. <laughs> 
Yeah, Jesus, Jesus was ready to do this thing. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> pause for a moment to deal mm -hmm. with Martha and her calculations, right? Mm -hmm. So she, he had to deal with her calculations right quick, right? And, and then it goes on to say that, uh, and she was right, don't get me wrong, she was right. By that time, you know, because of the practices as to how Jewish, uh, the Jewish people buried folks, they didn't embalm people. Right. Rather, what they did is they put a whole bunch of perfume and spices and everything else on the body so the body, so it could cover up the smell a bit. And, and by that time, yeah, by that time he was, right. he was kind of like stinking and, 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 and she was right. I'm not, not to take credit from her there, but she was once again talking to the resurrection and the life, right? And Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? This is a little slight, slight rebuke. How so? How's this a slight rebuke? Because he did tell her that before. He did, right? And and his his mission was because the message came to him, but he said this that God might get the glory out of this. Mm -hmm. And what, what escapes her and some of the others that were there that uh, uh, the, Jesus always did uh, his miracles. Miracles are supernatural and they are witnesses to that of how he had done it in the past. So this, him being dead for mm -hmm. four days. Yeah. yeah he is thinking probably right now. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, Jesus, who, it ain't just a normal man on the scene that's going to do this. This is God mm -hmm. the Son. Right. And he said, what, move, all of that, move the stone. Wait a minute now. now She's going into the human side, but Jesus is still, amen, yeah. uh, in the supernatural mindset of all of this. So that's it. That's it. And 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 that's what it boils, that's what it boils down to. What it boils down to is that uh uh Jesus was saying here that, you know, let me just gently remind you of, of our conversation a few verses ago, right? Mm -hmm. and you said that you said that I was the, the Christ, and that's a statement and confession that's right up there with Peter's, right? Mm -hmm. Peter right. that thou art the Christ. It was just as strong and just as haughty and up there as, as that statement. But yet, you know, you know, faith wavers at times. When you take it off, when you take your eyes off the prize, it kind of wavers there. And Jesus was just bringing her back and saying, you know, you said you believe me, right? And I said that belief is important here. And, and the reason is because you're about to see the glory of God. Now we know that God, is that there's two types of things when we talk about the glory of God, we talk about intrinsic glory and ascribed glory. Mm -hmm. Intrin intrinsic glory is that which is God's nature. You know, it is who he is. And, and you know, he's powerful, he's all knowing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and on and on and on. That's the, those are things that he is intrinsically. Ascribed glory is 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 when you guys were standing on those sites that you just mentioned and you saw 
uh, how glorious his creation is, or you saw the scene and it just was awe-inspiring, all of a sudden what you did is you ascribed glory to him. That was something that made you just say, how great thou art, you know, and that was a type of glory. But the intrinsic glory is there to let you know if you give it to him or not, he's worthy of glory. Just being who he is, he's worthy of the glory. And he's saying to Martha right now, he's saying to Martha right now and Mary, listen, God is about to not only show up, but he's about to show out. He's going to show you who he is in this situation right now, right? And it goes on to say, then they took away the stone. So Mary and Martha, they said, go ahead. They were the, the, um, the relatives there that gave permission for it to occur, obviously. And then all of a sudden they took away the stone, uh, the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. What is this saying? Was this Jesus's first time talking to God about this situation? What do you all think? Did he say, Lord, please raise Lazarus? Did, did, does the scripture text at all say, uh, his request, Lord, please raise Lazarus. Do we read that at all in this scripture lesson text? Not, not at all. So, and he thanked him. He knew that the prayer had already been answered. So that would, we can then assume that yes, he had previously prayed, but this public prayer was not for him or for the sake of what he was about to do. This Amen. was for the sake of those around him. Amen. 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 That's exactly what it is. Yes, he's been in conversation uh, with God about this. Remember mm -hmm. a few lessons ago or even earlier in this chapter, this whole chapter was dedicated to this event. And earlier in this chapter, we see that the messenger came to Jesus and told Jesus about this situation. And he said right off the bat, this is for the, this is going to be for the yeah. glory of God, right? Amen. He said this. And, and what was interesting is that uh, uh, along the way, he was communicating with God about this. And he was, he was, in, he was in, in communion with God. That relationship was never broken. And somewhere along the way, he had the assurance that God was going to do what he said he would do, right? Mm -hmm. And right. this was a prayer of thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Right. This was a prayer of thanksgiving that it was Thank like it was already done, like it, as if it was already done. Amen. Any other comments? Brother, this was this was uh, already decided. We can even go back to eternity past. But because, uh, uh, you know, he came yeah, amen, to uh, uh, that we might believe uh, in mm -hmm. regards to the sin situation. Like you said, in the fourth verse of this same chapter, you know, he said that the glory of God might be there. No, I don't see it in the scriptures where he, he said that uh, what you were telling us, asking us earlier. But uh, mm -hmm. no, it, it's not there. It's just the fact that we, God doesn't do that like we do. Like we do. 
you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. she sit back and said, okay, you know, she didn't have any uh, uh, additional statements to uh, in regards to what Jesus said. And mm-hmm. so she's going to sit back and, and watch. Mm-hmm. So you find that uh, here's Jesus going on through with what he said he was going to do. Amen. Amen. One thing about this, this resurrection, as was pointed out in, in the expositor, there were other times Jesus had raised others from the dead. There had other, even the prophets and the disciples had raised people from the dead, but none had been dead for four days. Four days. What's the significance with this one? Say it again. Say that was the significance right. with this right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and as you stated earlier uh, in the 42nd verse, uh Jesus wasn't praying out loud and, and doing this prayer for his own uh, benefit, but because of the people which stand by and said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. He was still going back to the point where folks needed to know that he is who he said he is, right? He, he says now he's showing that and this is that I am. He's saying that I am the resurrection and the life. And it goes on in verse uh, 43, where the second commandment comes forth. And he says, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. So, so how did he say this? And what was the force in which he said it? I mean, did he just like say, Lazarus, you know, come, come forth? <laughs> Lazarus, I mean, if you don't mind right now, can you can you come forth? How did he say this? These these words mean something, and the Greek the Greek word that these these words point to, they're saying uh, that this was a powerful moment. And how did he say what 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 was going on here? How did he say it? Uh, yeah, he cried with a loud voice. Uh, though the pilgrimage to Jerusalem for Pentecost or Passover, um, people already had flooded in. I mean, it was a multitude of folks. Now, Jesus mm-hmm. always had a melodious voice anyway, because he mm-hmm. was a teacher and you had to have that type of voice to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And God, if anybody had that kind of voice, it was him. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he spoke, he, he cried out, Lazarus, come forth. Somebody said that uh, by him saying that, if he didn't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, everybody would have really been, been been coming out of the grave. Uh, right. it, it, I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of uh, lessons before I I, I kind of I don't agree with that because I know God knows what He's doing. If he, mm-hmm. if it's Lazarus, if if He say if He says come forth, He knows what He's doing, and we can put mm-hmm. our input in it, and you know, say it was this and that, you know. But it is just, I guess, I, I guess it was some conjecture with me, you know. So, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. that's just the way I look at it. You know, yeah, he he cried with a loud voice, and uh, uh, not necessarily Lazarus needed to be uh, spoken too loudly to come out of the grave, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, nonetheless, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, conjecture around that. Yeah, uh, and I've I read quite a few opinions about <laughs> that, but you know it's interesting though that some folks who 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 took it like you took it, and and there were some that said you know, had he not 
put Lazarus on that, everybody would have got up. But but everybody, where everybody agreed is that God had the power to do just that. Exactly. He's everybody if he wanted to. You know, that that was the yeah. One uh, one of the one of the things that I had thought about uh with this is is that we're talking about the word in the flesh. Mm -hmm. The same one who in Genesis said, Let there be light, and there was light. Come on, brother. One who said, you know, let let the firmament be, you know, separated, uh, and yeah. let there be dry land, and let there be water, and let there be creeping things upon the the land, and fish in the sea, uh, and 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 cattle, you know, uh, and then you know when when he when he spoke, things happened, mm-hmm. uh, and and we're not talking about some imposter Jesus, some you know reduced, you know, like Jesus light here. We're talking about the same son of God, the second person of the Trinity, is now saying, Lazarus, come forth. Mm-hmm. Just like he was in the beginning and spoke and things happened, it's the same way now. And, and I don't imagine that when he said in the beginning, let there be light, that it was like, um, let's see, what are we going to do? Let's let's have a little, <laughs> little, little maybe might, would a little light help you? No, no. <laughs> the God of the universe who is speaking, and mm-hmm. when he speaks, things have to happen. They will happen. And, uh-huh. and we don't want to disassociate Jesus, who is, yes, yes, he, he veiled himself in, in, in human flesh, but he is still and was still at that time God. And what he said is was final. That's what was going to happen. So mm-hmm agreement that he he didn't have to say Lazarus in order to keep as though his 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 power and his go out willy-nilly and just just do all kinds of things or whatever unless he's very specific no he has the power to do whatever he wants to and he exacts that power by speaking and again you look at even the word of God and how it impacts people's lives and how it is that they transfer from death to life as a result of hearing that word believing in the word trusting in the word and then having a hope in that word it all is connected uh in that even your own resurrection from the grave is dependent upon hearing that word and believing that word mm, yeah that's it that's, that's it. it could i say just one little bitty more thing sure. uh ex is screaming here you know uh yeah he's mm. like jesus we find it in john one Hebrews, the second chapter, we find in the Colossians, where Jesus spoke the universe, spoke it into existence. Ex nihilo, out of nothing. He didn't have no materials at all. Darkness, all that. He mm. created, God used Jesus as the architect of the universe. So we see him here, you know, amen, saying, Lazarus, come forth. That And, and that, he was speaking ex nihilo. Uh, mm-hmm. recreating life into this brother who's been dead for four days. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. And then and just to yep, just to bring this uh, bring this home. It's interesting because, and I appreciate all the comments. Uh, Jesus, with a loud voice, with a loud voice, he said, "Lazarus, come forth, come forth." Mm-hmm. And Lazarus, right here, right now. Get out here. Come outside. Come right. on out. Get out here. You know, and 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 it showed his authority at this time as well. Oh, See, yeah. it needed to it needed to happen like 
right now. Remember, there were those critics in the crowd, right? And, and it would have been like Elijah on Mount, Mount Carmel, you know, if nothing happened real quick. Then folks would have said, yeah, hey, Jesus, you know, say it a little louder. Maybe, maybe God don't hear you right now. And then all those critics could have been just wired up, pumped right. up. But no, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth right here, right now. Get out here. Come on out here. And some said he he, he hopped out. Others mm -hmm. said that he may have just floated out because <laughs> the way folks, the way folks had wrapped uh, people up right. back then, they were not like mummy style, like in Egypt but they wrapped them up in a way where they couldn't hardly move. So right. maybe, maybe uh, Lazarus hopped out, some say. Others say maybe he was just transported out and he just came out there <laughs> drifting out. Either way, either way, he came out and he, he came, came out of there. Quickness, right? <laughs> and God, it, 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 when God, uh, I mean, when Jesus had said, you know, Lazarus come out, it was a call that had no, he had no choice but to come out, right? And you're right, uh, Elder Mac, it wasn't about he just had this much life left and then Jesus increased it. No, <laughs> he was dead. Dead. <laughs> dead people don't hear, dead people don't, you know, don't, right. don't have that intellect, emotion, will thing going on. <laughs> he was dead, he was dead. Mm -hmm. and out of that, out of that state, God called him. And, and yes, he had no choice but to respond. And it's, a, it's something that we need to rejoice about too, because mm. out of a, a state of deadness, we were Come on now. a dead dead state of sin. Yeah. We, were dead, we were dead in our trespasses. And sin, we were just as dead as Lazarus. <laughs> we were just dead. But yet when Jesus, when God called, and told you to come into this marvelous light, you had no choice but to come. He has an effective call. And that call is something that you had to respond to. And that response was one in which that gave you life. All of a sudden, the blood started flowing in Lazarus again. All of a sudden, whatever that whatever was going on in terms of that, that smell and stuff going on, it was reversed. All of a sudden, it was just something that uh, was just shedded away just by the simple call that Jesus said, Lazarus, get out here. Come out here right now. Get out here and show yourself. And in the end, when he came out floating or whatever, however he came out, Jesus then said, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. It's an amazing lesson. And it shows that that that, that was a miracle going on. Lazarus, it was a miracle that he worked uh, about on Lazarus, but it's no less of a miracle in which he's worked in our lives as well. If you believe him and you have come to uh, walk this walk of faith, it's no less of a miracle. He, it, he has worked his work on you and the Holy Spirit has gotten in you. And like I said, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. And now all of a sudden, you walk in this walk of faith and you see things so differently. You see things so differently. And all the glory goes to God because not only did he show out in Lazarus' situation, but he showed out in yours too. He showed out in your situation as well. And he will continue to show out in your situation. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your help. But although 
He makes you responsible for your actions. So therefore he may tell you to move a stone. He may tell you to unwrap some situations and stuff like that, but it's not because he needs your help. No, this is something that he needs to reveal to you because he's showing you over and over and over again who he is. He is the resurrection and the life. And one day we're all gonna be called. We're, we're all gonna be called. Some gonna be still living and we'll be caught up. Others will raise from the grave and we'll be caught up to meet him. Amen. Any other comments? Any other, any other uh, inspiring comments or, or, or insights? Amen. If not, then we're going to wrap it up. And I thank you all for attending today. And I hope that you all see how God displays his divine glory, not only in Lazarus' situation, but in our situation as well. We're, we're a bunch of Lazarus around here. <laughs> We've been raised to walk in his marvelous light, amen, in, in a spiritual way. We've been raised. We were just as dead, amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this, this lesson. And we thank you, Lord, for leaving your word here that we can go back and read and see how you are an amazing God and you can work out situations, Lord, that are just mind-blowing to us. But truthfully, Lord, it's, it's, it, it does not diminish your power, not one inch, not one inch at all, Lord, just to say, come, come to me right now. And that's what you have done, Lord. You said, come to me, come to me right now. And Father, we just thank you. And we ask, Lord, that you touch and bless those, Lord, that may be in a decision-making moment, Father. They may be in a situation where they are trying to decide to come to you. We ask that you touch them right now, Lord. Let them point back to this lesson and see, Lord, the miracle that you can work in their lives. And Father, I ask you to keep us encouraged and keep us always focused on you. And Lord, we know if we pray and do things to your glory that they that the prayer can be answered. So we pray, Lord, once again, that all things we do are for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.